Hi everyone, welcome to the Rectag podcast. I'm Paski. My name is Flocky93. And today's special guest is... Teradice. Teradice, welcome to the Rectag podcast. Uh, it's Hello. good to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much. So that everyone um, knows who uh, Teradice is. Teradice is a performance artist turned stand-up comedian, originally from the US, now based in Berlin. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. What's the what's the story behind performance artist turned stand-up comedian? Oh, um, well, uh, that's something I studied and I did for many years. Um, but I think it's a really difficult time in America to be a performance artist. Why is that? Well, I mean, you have the stuff that's like happening in basements in DIY spaces, and there's sometimes the the most exciting stuff, and then you have the stuff in the public sector that's the the funded and the visible stuff, and that's a really small uh, niche of artists that actually achieve that level. Um, so there's so much awesome art not being supported, and there's so much art not being made because you're waiting for these opportunities mm -hmm. uh, to get to perform on that level. And that also becomes kind of a constriction, you know, because once you're, you're in the public sector, they they expect artists to to do all kinds of stuff, to do to create measurable goals, to do social change. Um, so I was just in a place where I like I have so much to say. I want to be performing several nights a week, and I did this hard pivot towards comedy, and I found that there was so much acceptance and so much opportunity in that realm to really be making work consistently. All right. Okay. So you basically use studied it before and then, then um, you were working as a performance art. What kind of what kind of performance art did you do? Oh, um, yeah, I had several interests. So one of the things I did is I had an interdisciplinary um, improvisational group. So we had live musicians, violin, piano, text and dance, and that was a really exciting thing. Um, and then I also made these solo shows. So one of the show, solo shows that I did was called MC What the Fuck, and it was, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, so many things happened around 2016 in America. Yeah. And so this was addressing all of these um, isms and things that were coming up in in the media and in ourselves, and addressing that through persona and character in a very comedic way. All right, so there was a connection to comedy as, as well back then. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about this on the way over here, and I think. Performance art tends to be very emotional, very intellectual, and I was sprinkling comedic elements in that to make that more fun and accessible. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think in comedy, you know, the base is making people laugh, the base is, is, is joy, the base is juxtaposition, and it's sprinkling in some of the more serious elements into that. So I think that's kind of the switch mm -hmm. um, that, okay. I, that I made. So you switched to comedy because, mostly because of politics? I mean, was it a big I mean, it was a big reason, but... Was, uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the most natural way to address the things that were really important to me mm -hmm. in some ways. And also just with the whole, um, the culture of what's accessible, what can reach people. And mm -hmm. I think comedy is a much better way. You know, performance right. art tends to be, I mean, if it is happening in these institutions, very inaccessible to many, many people. Right. Uh, I mean, so you've done stand-up com comedy in many countries now. Do you think, right. would you say that stand comedy or comedy in general is universal? Uh, yes and no. I mean, laughing is like a visceral experience that obviously is very universal and bodily. Um, but how you express humor 
in in different cultures does change mm -hmm. and that's something I've had to learn one of the great things about having studied uh, performance in all different ways is that th is that your presence and your persona translate especially with physicality uh, with the sound and the use of your voice those things tend to be more universal so even if someone is just picking up on the rhythms of, of, of what you're saying um, that's something that can translate the content however does change culture to culture right right yeah. So uh, what's the difference between an American audience and a German audience, for example? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so many things to say about that. Um, I, I have to be a little uh, more descriptive when I'm making fun of certain things in American culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I have a joke about Burning Man, for example. Not everyone knows what Burning Man is. So I need to describe uh, right. it as like a hippie festival for, you know, privileged rich people. <laughs> 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 but if, you know, I have a few folks from San Francisco in the house, you know, I have some, some, um, some folks from the U.S. I know that joke's going to fly. If it's just strictly a German crowd, I have to be more careful about how I describe. Or I have something about American bowling alleys, which requires some, <laughs> some very uh, interesting description in the setup. Right. Yeah. Okay, are there differences even in European audiences because you've you've performed in in Netherlands and Spain? Right, right. Um you know the the debate is still out on that. I was I was in Amsterdam for 3 weeks every summer for the past 3 summers, but I was doing a lot of interdisciplinary work, not as much comedy. Mm -hmm. um, but that's how I got my start as I started emceeing shows for those events. Ah. Um, in Barcelona, I've only I've only performed there for for about a week. And I'm going back next week, so we'll see. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So when did you start performing in general? Probably around the age of 12. 12. Wow. <laughs> I was in the musical The King and I. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> good. Right. Right. As a little white American girl um, playing a... <laughs> Yeah, playing a Siamese child, so <laughs> that was my, my first uh, cultural appropriation experience um, in my community theater musical. Yeah, so I, I actually started off in musical theater. So right. you grew up in North Dakota? I grew up in North Dakota. Wow. Yes. Okay. How was it becoming a, a performance artist from North in Dakota? In North Dakota, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you've seen the movie Fargo. Uh, um, I grew up about an hour away from there. And yes, I did. <laughs> it's very, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it's very homogeneous. It's very white. Um, it's starting to change a little. Um, they have, uh, we're inviting waves of refugee, refugees in, particularly from Bosnia in my uh, hometown. But it is, it's a very homogeneous culture. And so what was nice about it is it was a university town. And so there was a big emphasis on the arts. Mm -hmm. So I got some of the best training in, in music music and in dance and in musical theater in particular. Um, but sometime around the age of 18, I realized, gosh, you know, playing these goofy characters on stage is fun, but I have something to say. Mm. And I started writing. And some of the first work that I felt that I did independently was when I dropped out of college, um, started reading a lot of books and just started writing and performing at open mics. And that slowly kind of opened doors into other artistic avenues mm. that I was doing. Uh, namely theater, um, spoken word, and that just kept on blossoming until I decided to go to uh, art school in California and begin the process of finding who who am I as an artist and, and how can I say what I want to say, which has changed a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. So what was your original message? So when you started writing, what were, were you writing oh. about? <laughs> I was very dark and existential. <laughs> I thought I was the first person to like discover like very simple philosophical concepts. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend looking back on my first <laughs> spoken word albums. But yeah, there was a lot of uh, uh, weed smoking in my basement apartment and <laughs> reading of existential texts, um, somewhat in a playful way and somewhat in a musical way. Um, 
I had a boyfriend at the time who who had a music recording studio, so we mashed up some really heavy like guitar riffs of like highly <laughs> distorted um, <laughs> musicality. Um, Sounds like fun. Yeah, it, you know, it was a time. <laughs> it was a time, and honestly, I think it was better than than going to college at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but it's 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 matured, thankfully, and become a little more uh, fun for people. All right. So, <laughs> what are your topics today? Mm, you know, a lot of it. A lot of it has to do in very covert ways. Um, you mean you saw my latest set? It's it's very sexy. It's very absurd. It's very playful, but a lot of it, you know, the core of it is is addressing um, sexism and, and, and classism in a way that you may or may not realize at the time that 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 I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of it has to do with just my personal experiences being a woman in America for X number of years, mm -hmm. um, and trying to address that in 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 my work. You know, the MC stuff was sort of addressing like white feminism, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, comes from a place of self, but also a, a tongue in cheek way. Yeah, I think the best thing would be to check out those videos on YouTube. All right. Yeah. So you publish under the same name, uh, name on YouTube or? Yeah, it's Tara, T-E-R-A. And then the last name is K-I-L-B-R-I-D-E, Kilbride. All right. We're going to in uh, include that in the show notes. So yeah. So people will find you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even just, you know, standing up in front of people having a microphone in in your body um, saying things is is a, is a political action but the content tends to range from show to show to show I'm working on a set right now about bowling alleys bowling. Uh, <laughs> right, <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's not quite polished yet but I think in that set I'm really trying to address some of the classism that's going on in America I worked for bowling alley for four and a half years before moving to Berlin oh, well. okay. which is kind of a fun fact um, that was a hilarious job it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and, uh, and kind of a place of all the isms. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, well, what was your most uh, memorable experience there? Oh, so many. I think the most fun, and this is not going to get political at all, but it was just funny. This woman got super drunk on a Friday night and she started crawling down the bowling lanes and just like batting at pins. That Whoa. was, yeah, that was a glory. What happens then? Do you, do you have bouncers who kick her out or what happens? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, this is a story actually described to me by my boss. So I wasn't there at the time, but I just thought, gosh, that's that that's a beautiful moment. <laughs> that's a beautiful moment. That was yeah. in Minnesota. That was in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I was living in Minnesota, like. Minneapolis was great. I mean, Minneapolis is like a huge uh, liberal city. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like uh, maybe the size of Chicago, but with the politics of like New York City. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. It's a huge art scene. It's a huge music scene. It was a lot of fun. But again, I, I tended to feel a little restricted there. It's very family focused. I'm more along the lines of, of chosen family, which, which comes from queer culture. I, I love my family. And if you're listening, I miss you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, but when it comes to building creative communities, um, people tended to be more, just generally speaking, not everyone, but there, there's, there, there's a tendency to be a little bit more parochial and a little bit more with the new, within the um, realm of the nuclear families, the art tends to be a little more, this is theater, this is dance, this is dance theater, a little more boxed in. Oh. Whereas I found in Europe there was a lot more willingness to experiment and to collaborate and to mix genres and that's what I was very much interested in. Uh, and that's the reason why you moved to Berlin? Right, right. And why Berlin and not Amsterdam or Barcelona? The visa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. The visa was the easier one to get. Really? The German one's easier than... Yeah, the freelancer visa. Oh. Right. I know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So so you're based in Berlin, but you're traveling a lot and... Yeah. Yeah. I'm traveling around. Um, you know, like I said, I'm going to Barcelona and uh, Amsterdam. I have a crew of um, folks that I stay in touch with there. Mm -hmm. So, And it turns out Berlin is the best place for me right now, especially with comedy. 
I was a little skeptical when I first traveled through. It was a huge culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> Could imagine. Uh, yes, the, the the party scene, you know, going past Yam at like 2.30 a.m. being like, what is going on in this place? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, well, well, why do you say, uh, is the comedy scene better here than in other cities? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, you know, you can get up like five or six times a week, which is the only way to really build your craft. Right. There's a lot of less mics in, in, in other cities. Okay. Yeah, I remember the first time I met you, it was your first day in Berlin. Oh! Yeah, it was in Sunday Slips. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> you were so friendly. And, see, there's wonderful, friendly uh, folks that I, yeah. <laughs> I keep meeting in Berlin. Right, it's right. working out, yeah. Yeah. So how many times a week do you perform? Uh, right now, I'm aiming for five or six. Oh, wow. Yeah, on the minimum end, it's, you know, three, but... I think I did six or seven shows last week. I'll probably do three or four this week. Right, yeah. right. And most of it's comedy, but I, you know, I'm not opposed to doing some of the more performance art stuff. I, I'm working on a, a character sketch of uh, she's a guru, mm. and uh, she's addressing you know spiritual bypass and toxic spirituality. And um, I'm not really sure if that one will get legs or not, but um, I'm continuing to explore a little bit in those realms as well. Do you do performance art here as well in Berlin? Mm, I've done it a few times. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Those ones require a lot more. Uh, Preparation, collaboration, etc. So it's a lot more work than, in in a different way than producing a comedy set. Oh, okay. So it's always in a group, in a group, or is it? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's renting a venue, finding the people, coordinating all that type of stuff is just a certain type of work that is not as interesting to me right now. Right. Um, I mean, there's there's a there's an event, a great event here in Berlin called Künstler Künstlerin, and uh, yeah. do you do stand up there or because it's f just general performance right right no i tend to do the more offbeat stuff there the the character work ah, okay. and i have a few audio pieces that i'm working on that are just one-offs so i tend to do that stuff there and then i tend to do comedy at the mics oh audio audio p pieces you mean like you just inject your phone and then you play the audio on stage or what do you mean yeah yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> you're on stage but you play like a recording of yourself right 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 oh really yeah that must be How does a that very <laughs> weird vibe in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I haven't performed it yet, but oh. I'm, ve I'm very curious about working with presence. Mm -hmm. um, and because I've been using words and writing so much, this audio piece, I, I want to stand on stage and see if I can use my presence to produce a result while, while audio is playing. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I borrowed from seeing this amazing group of classically trained musician improvisers. Oh. Right, like if if you can stand on stage and hold your violin and look to the left and captivate an audience, I am fascinated by that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just I'm just fascinated by that, and the timing of that as it's relating to all the other things going on orally in the room is incredibly exciting, and that's and that's what I mean when I'm talking about interdisciplinary improvisation. It's it's using techniques like that to produce interesting results collectively. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was one way I wanted to explore that, which I am sure will help with comedy too. Mm -hmm. What do you, have you ever heard of Loriot? He's a Loriot. Loriot is a, he used to be, he died many years ago, I think. Uh, he used to write theater and comedy, especially, and he had a mixture between, I would say, rather performance and comedy. And he's outstandingly good. I mean, you could watch a Loriot play or Loriot sketch, I don't know. And you would laugh away if you don't speak a single word of, of, of German. It's absolutely amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, Wonderful. I, will, I will send it to you afterwards. That might be interesting to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Where's he from? Loriot, he's German. He's jo oh, oh okay. he was German, basically. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, and, and my mem most memorable play from him is basically cleaning guy in an orchestra. He's catching a fly and suddenly the orchestra moves in and the, the room starts to fill with the audience and he's so uh, focused on catching that fly that he starts <laughs> orchestrating the, the orchestra oh, like a... Right, a, a right, <laughs> <laughs> and it's absolutely amazing. Right. It's absolutely it sounds amazing. a bit like Mr. Bean, kind of like that kind of humor. Different. 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 Okay. Right. More in the how our body moves and and how we react. It's really okay. amazing. Right. Like Charlie Chaplin has some elements kind of, of Charlie okay. Chaplin. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Bean is also genius. Mm. It's it's so good, right? <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. I remember. I think that's the only type of comedy that always works wherever you are. Like physical comedy. Physical. Yes. Right. Right. Because it's universal, and I remember also. Back in the day when uh, there weren't screens on every seat in the airplane, uh -huh. so there's one or two screens for everyone, and, and everyone, wa yeah, they always played Mr. Bean because then right, everyone laughs. Right, yeah. right, yeah. and that's so smart when it comes to performing for an international audience to be able to use some of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I've seen a few successful comedians pass through. Um, one was an Italian guy, one was an Australian lady, and they used a lot of physicality in a very playful way. One was just silly dancing, which mm -hmm. was a great opening. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one was more clown-like and it tended to, to work really well. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh. And also trains you to be really in the moment. I think when you're putting on that like physical clowny right. presence, you really have to be um, aware of all the sounds in the room and um, brings you right into the moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I've seen your performances multiple times now and you're, mm -hmm. you're very natural on stage and very physical. Is that, does that come from performance art? Because you've been doing it so long? Right, I think so. And, it, and that's a way for me to immediately connect to myself is as soon as I start to like speak or move. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that probably just does translate from years of doing stage performance. Right. Yeah. Yeah, especially yesterday you were very physical and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and we touched on it yesterday. What's yeah. your opinion on, did you, did you ever bo a bomb? Ever? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, it was funny switching over to, 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 to comedy because I didn't realize that there were certain rules. Like, oh. I didn't realize that there was rules in a five-minute set that you should try to get laughs every X number of seconds and that you should do set-up punchline, set-up punchline, set-up punchline. Right. You know, which I, I now have on my current set. I have several of those jokes, and then I kind of go... Um, is, I'm off so, tangent. I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but is that really the case that, that comedy is so structured? Uh, I mean, people say, right? People say uh, you should have X number of laughs per minute, otherwise the, the audience gets bored. Right. And there's, uh, I think, I don't know, yeah. everyone says something else, but six per minute? No, that's like... Really? Well, I do, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't quite know the rule, yeah. but I have seen what happens when you go off course too quickly. <laughs> 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 I was like, what do you mean? I can't just get on stage and say ridiculous shit and have people stay with me. And they're like, oh, no, Terry, you need an introduction. People need to know who you are. And so I've been scaling back and and, and working on things that are a little bit more formulaic at first. You know, I think uh, depending right. on who you are, you can choose to, to break rules. You can choose to have your individual style. I think all those things are super valid. But what's different when you're making like a one-hour show is that you have all that time, right? Mm -hmm. And when you have a five-minute slot and you're working in a place where people have um, certain expectations, mm. you really have to work with brevity. And so I, um, so yes, to your answer, I did bomb a few times <laughs> <laughs> because I thought I could just go in there and be weird and people would laugh. Um, <laughs> turns out they need a setup. They need to know who you are. They need to trust you. And then they'll, they'll go with you on that journey. What was like the weirdest thing you did on stage? Um, the weirdest thing I did on stage. 
well, sometimes the weird stuff really works. So yeah. I think, I mean, I've had some painful lessons here where I signed up for, for a mic that was a little, a little for more experienced folks. And it was a lot of Germans in the crowd. And my set was like not nearly as polished as it was now. Like this is when I was starting off my current set, like in June. So A, it wasn't that polished and B, it was a lot of Germans and it was just like silence <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Like maybe there's a language barrier or maybe you just didn't write your jokes that well. Um, <laughs> but one of those jokes flew and that, you know, and that was one of the first jokes I wrote and it was about um, hipsters in, in Berlin and I changed it to being about pigeons, which for some reason people really laugh about. Like if you, if you, if you do the opposite of personify it where you're like, no, I'm talking about animals it's really funny for some reason so I kept that bit and that was a saving grace um, but I have learned since that time to do the intro the setup the punchlines and then like I said then you can go off on a tangent and be super weird and funny and sexy and people will join you right yeah. right okay how do you how do you deal with bombing? Like that's such a tough thing, right? The it is. It for, is for those who don't understand. Is uh, yeah, I guess from the context everyone now knows, but uh, it's when you don't get any laughs and it's just crickets. Yeah, silent. yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, what's nice about having done it for a long time, and this is something that maybe even just this year I've really learned, is that you know the the art isn't you you know if you really really care about your art you have to separate it and be like that was the art and here's what worked and what didn't you have to be critical about that especially in collaboration right. like when i collaborate with someone we have to say right away okay stop this isn't working let's let's um let's change something but it's not personal it's never personal Mm -hmm. um, however, my feelings when I pop, <laughs> there's a huge shame over, especially when you're perfectionist. You know, I have, I have tons of years of experience and I can still totally bomb just because I wasn't quite aware of certain um, techniques or rules that I needed to do in the setup, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a huge shame over. I watch a lot of Netflix. I curl up in my blankets. <laughs> 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 and then I sing a lot of uh, Rihanna and Adele karaoke songs in my sublet. That really helps. Nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then I rewrite the set. Right. I actually listen to the sets right away now, and I start rewriting. And then hopefully the next time I do it, it's a little better. That helps too. But it sucks because when you're somewhat of a perfectionist like I am, it really sucks to bomb. But again, it's not personal. It's just right. that you haven't worked something out yet. So. Did you did you ever have stage fright because you started so early? Yeah. No. I mean, I was always a shy kid. I think that's the Were typical really? story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was an only child raised by a single mother. I was, you know, I didn't have a lot of uh, self-empowerment. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I think a lot of folks that see me now and, you know, read what I stand for, or see my work, think, oh, well, she's a very empowered woman. Well, mm -hmm. that came from years and years and years of working. Mm -hmm. Years and years of working. Would you still say that you're in rather introvert than extrovert? Oh, absolutely. Like, I love, like, I want to be performing six or seven nights a week. But when I'm not performing, I want to be curled up in my bed watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. But, and I love social relationships, but as you get older, like the, the folks that you want to spend time with is, 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 is smaller and more refined. Mm. You know? So I, I, I'm an extroverted introvert for sure. Mm. I gain en energy from restoring. And then when I'm on stage, I want to be as, as big and um, engaging as I can. So yeah, stage fright, I still, I still get nervous. And I think that means that I care and that I can access vulnerability. Right. Some days are more relaxed than others. It just right. depends. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. This, the jitters you have pre-show, it's actually a good thing, right? It's an yeah. energy. Yeah. yeah, I think if you're excited or if you're anxious, you can use that. I think, I think if you're bored, it's not gonna go well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. 
I find it very interesting because there are a lot, lot of correlations to pitching actually as a startup. Ah. Because I watch you guys, I've never performed as a, as a comedian, but um, I imagine it's very similar because we've done basically pitch nights here at APX every Tuesday and we were there performing, performing, in a sense performing. Mm -hmm. And of course, silence was not as bad as in a comedy show. Right. But of course, um, if you have the same questions over again and people don't get you, that is absolutely uh, yeah. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. What, a, what I'm trying to do right now is just figure out like what, what are possible detours. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I can ask a question and it can go this direction or that direction. What two ways could I go with that? So I'm sort of prepared. I mean, you can never really be prepared and right. some of the best things literally happen in the moment, mm -hmm. which is why I train in improvisation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm not quite as good at it yet in comedy. So I tend to try to anticipate a couple different ways people could react and where I could go from there. Uh, if, um, okay. The desired reaction's not <laughs> happening. Yeah. Do, do you have that too when you, um, like even when it's going well, mm -hmm. someone in the crowd just looks kind of like bored or angry or... Right. Oh, I find that hilarious. <laughs> I, I find it funny. <laughs> so do you focus on them? Do you look? No, no, no. no, no. no I mean, okay. you know, maybe I'm giggling in the back of my mind. Like, oh my gosh, she is so angry right now. That's amazing. I don't know. But you don't know what's going on with her. You know, right. she That's could be in the middle of a breakup. Like, we, we, like, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, I do know some people that try to win over that one person. I don't think I'm at that place yet. Oh, right, right, right. Um, right. Yeah. Do you, do you feel generally... Um, because you also said you were very shy as a kid and, and now you're not, obviously. Right. Um, at least it does, doesn't seem like it at all. Right, right. Do you feel like um, art in general and maybe comedy or performance art has some healing effect to it? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, there's something very uh, profound about finding your voice, uh, not just even in a metaphorical way, but in a physical way. Like, I think if you actually speak with confidence, it changes something in the cells in your body. I mean, art was the like primary way that I was able to deal with a lot of shit, like a lot of shit. Like mm -hmm. we're talking like from childhood shit mm -hmm. um, that only kept perpetuating because if you're, you know, raised poor in America and raised with a lot of trauma and a lot of abuse, like these things only get worse before they get better until mm -hmm. you realize that you can make choices and you can change. Oh, okay. um, which is why, you know, my work is... Uh, a lot of based in, in sexism and classism. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay. And I was able to address it in a way that was playful and funny and that made people laugh and helped me understand where I came from and who I am now. Right. Yeah. Because uh, I also saw uh, you uh, studied counseling psychology. I did, yes, yes. Does art also kind of play into that? I mean... Um. Well, I don't think I'm trying to do... Uh, anything therapeutic on stage necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> At least I hope I'm not. Uh, but I... Uh, I think that I think that just gave me a, a, a certain type of understanding. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there are so many different lenses that you can view the world from. Right. Counseling psychology is just one of those ways, and even in, within that field, there's like ten different lenses within that. So right. um, it's just another reference point. Okay. Yeah. I mean, many mm -hmm. comedians joke on stage that it's kind of like therapy. Right. Right. Stage, but right. I guess there's some truth to it. Right. Well, I think if you understand how people tick and what common hangups are, you can poke fun of them in a playful way. And then people right. can realize people then feel seen. 
You know, especially oh, yeah. for talking about something that you've dealt with that you feel like a lot of other people have dealt with it and you understand the mechanisms behind it psychologically, you can you can make fun of it. Although I have found that German audiences aren't as psychologically minded. <laughs> <laughs> Feelings, das ist verboten. <laughs> you know, like like my psychology jokes like just don't work that well. Um, um, so I, I've shortened it. I have like one, I think I have like one therapy joke in, in, in my set. Um, but yeah, American audiences love that shit. We're, ve we're very fancy. Everyone's in therapy. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I uh, read a really interesting book on trauma. Uh, it's a bestseller. Um, uh, the Body Keeps Score. Right, right. You know? Okay, yeah. yeah. And Although the author also says um, he recommends art and martial arts, all these things. Right. Uh, non-traditional therapy for right you know. on the cellular level things like movement dance singing yeah. you know all that kind of stuff is like incredibly healing but i think there's also a cognitive element i mean the, the fields of psychology tend to either prioritize the the mental aspects or the body aspects and never the twin shall meet i also studied yoga for mm -hmm. a while um but really i think it's a it, it's a combination right yeah. Oh, that was, <laughs> <laughs> I just let out some tension. Yeah. That was somatic therapy. <laughs> I just did that right there. Yeah. All right. Um, Absolutely yeah. great. Yeah. I, I would be interested. Uh, do you f ever think of going back to the United States or is this. Oh, right now? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely not. I mean, maybe. Um, like I said, Minneapolis was uh, great at the time. But what other, I, there's no other American cities that I wanted to live in. Okay. Right, like LA, New York, those are always, they're sort of impossible cities economically right now. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be bartending six nights a week or working, you know, super full time while also trying to make art. Um, so I think this is the place right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of value in, in art and creativity for its own sake too, yeah. which in America, it's, it's all based on capital. Mm -hmm. It's a little easier here in Germany, I suppose. Right, right, right. So, you know, not not now. I have a two-year visa, so we'll see what happens afterwards. If you're listening and you like the sound of my voice and you want to uh, marry me <laughs> so I can get a permanent visa, uh, follow me on Instagram and send me um, an engaging message. <laughs> send me an offer I can't refuse. Not in a creepy way, um, but just, just in a very practical way. Um, Way. Right. So. You gotta first make it public, though. Your Instagram. That's true. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Might make it even more challenging for a potential proposal. Right. <laughs> yeah. He has to fight. I think. I think. I think right. that's actually. <laughs> you know, I think it's better yeah. if we do this live. I am. I am trying to put that into my sets where I'm talking about <laughs> love and visa and right. both four-letter yeah. words. <laughs> yeah. That would be actually nice having a proposal on stage. Right. Right. I. I, I take it. <laughs> Bring it, bring the comedian <laughs> a little bit of balance then. Right. <laughs> what would be your favorite? Uh, like, a, what's a perfect proposal in your idea? Oh, I don't even. Not for you specifically. Oh, but okay, just, okay. Uh, oh, I don't even know. I don't even know if I play that mental game. <laughs> 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 proposal, a marriage? No, this is totally tongue in cheek, and specifically dealing with visas. <laughs> I would like to be in Europe longer term. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Mm -hmm. It was very, very that was cool awesome. talking to you. Yeah. We tried to keep it to half an hour. We always go a little bit over. Right. But yeah, uh, it was really cool. You want Where can we find more of you? I mean, you have a website. I know that. We're going to include it yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, if you want to check out more of the performance art side of things, it's it's a it's a website that's way too long. Mm -hmm. um, it's But it's so much in the ground at Wix. 
So Much in the Ground at Wix, okay. which is a cheesy former song lyric um, <laughs> from another artist that I had a long time ago. Also, terrykilbride.com. That's a very basic one. It's got some nice photographs. But if you want to stay update with comedy events, I think the best way is to request a follow on Instagram, mm-hmm. which is Teradice, T-E-R-A-A, two A's in a row, D-I-S-E. All right. Like paradise. We got to include it in the show notes. That's for sure. Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. So how long will you be here in Berlin? I mean, for some time now, for the two years? Or are you moving to to Barcelona for only a short break? Oh, no. No, I'm based in Berlin and I plan to stay in Berlin for the full two years. All right. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Very cool. cool. Yeah, that was a great podcast. Thanks so much, Tara Dice. That was awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks Mm -hmm. a lot. Cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.